It's time to go into Auto Reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that were underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some, unknown. This week, we're going Auto Reverse on Wipers and Greg Sage. So the Wipers, wow, this is a band that, oh my God. And there's so many things coursing through my mind when I think about this band. It's, it's you know, it's the, the, the work, it, you know, the, the, the breadth of their style, but also it's just like they're one of those bands that they're kind of a head scratcher why they weren't bigger. I mean, you know, I, I'm like, I got like a hundred thoughts that want to come running out of my mouth. So let me, let me try to downshift a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, re- I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So our man. Our man, uh, the man who basically spearheaded the band, the Greg Sage, like basically probably one of the more criminally underrated musicians in the world. Uh, in Absolutely. Music, in music histories. Um, he gets kind of lumped in with independent music, which I think is kind of prouder of the problem. But, you know, his, from a songwriter, guitarist, from the, like the, the breadth of music that they did again is like, really like their their journey is really interesting to me yeah i mean i think his connection to independent music or sort of the underground is he's 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 tied to that and and a big part of why is because that's how he wanted it he was one of the first musicians american musicians or maybe just musicians in general that realized that playing covers or straight ahead rock and roll was not the way to go right uh so he he knew immediately that to do something different and something truly original was the way to go and was a way to keep your audience and not have them stray away you know when the next shiny object uh (laughs) came around and and also he is deeply connected to the sort of DIY ethos. And that comes from, I guess his father was involved in the, uh, in the radio business okay. um, early on. And he had, and the fa- his father had a lathe in, in, uh, in his house to cut vinyl. So, uh, you know, Greg, as a, as a, as a young, as a child, a curious child. got a hold of this lathe and started to really, like nerd out and really look how this thing operated and how the grooves affected the sound. And what he did was in this private world of his, I think that was the spark of the wipers, like sort of like the private world that he lived in with this lathe was the private world that he sort of created with the wipers. And it, and and it's why even though they didn't get big even though they don't get the credit that they deserve i think people that really love this band understood that private world that he created and it was a it was a private world that was you know do it yourself make original art and just keep it going and that's where his legacy is is that originality that that desire to and 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 then also ability to to execute this beautiful real raw music that like it's like kind of like the velvet underground 
Right. Use them that's a good example. That's, that's a good example. The, the Velvet, Velvet Underground were not a huge band either at the time, right? Right. But their influence, so their influence spawned thousands of bands, and I feel like the Wipers did the same thing. Even though they weren't big at their at the time, their influence spawned thousands of bands, just like the Velvet Underground. So that that's where I think their thing is and that's where greg's thing is you know it's like that's the meat of his of what what he did with that band right know? and they, you know they came at that place of the, the like 1977 when they, they started mm-hmm. in 1970 and, and had their first album come out in 1980 uh, is this real and mm-hmm. you know it kind of reminds me of the some of the bands that were in akron like the rubber city rebels and mm-hmm. uh, bizarros and such but it's like that kind of hometown uh, scene that he was kind of creating, but he, you know, regional, what, regional, yeah, Pacific region, Northwest, Pacific the, Northwest, right, yeah, like, yeah, up in Portland, and you know, it, I think that he also, you know, you talk about the lathe, but there's also a, there's another instrument that kind of goes with that in that whole that whole life that's, that that the kind of ecosystem that you're create, talking about is uh, the guitar, like his mm-hmm. guitar work and his his. You know, just the way that he approached his guitar playing was like, you know, they you, you can label them a punk rock band for those first couple albums. And but I don't consider his guitar playing. There's there's you know, there's hints of punk rock and it has the, the aggression of punk rock. But his playing style was beaten, was a little more evolved than that. Um, you know, um, also like he like his vision. I read this that he's his original plan with the Wipers was to do like 15 albums in 10 years. And, yes, right. And, and no, no live shows. It's like yeah. would, that was another thing that, I mean, it could hurt you if you're not doing live shows. Uh, but I, but to your to your point, it's like there was the organic aspect of music playing that was more important to him. He lived with, you know, creating this music and these visions and putting it out and continually putting it out. Um, you know, he, you know. I mean, you know, one of the bands that you're really that you're one of your favorite bands, you know, Bad Brains, and like and mm-hmm. you could talk about Minor Threat, Black Flag, and a lot of the other bands at the time. But like, they seem to be doing one sort of thing, and and you know, uh, the Wipers kind of went a little bit a different way. And I and I think that's more because of their the way the more the how their guitars his guitar work played into that. Yeah, and even and you saw it sort of like, you know, change and progress over the the um, course of the album. So it's like I told you in a text yesterday, a lot of his like post, uh, um, like the sort of like after they signed to after he's got them signed to he's uh, the Wipers. He got them signed to Enigma, right? So all those like Enigma period records. So like, uh, let's see if I got this right here. Um, Land of the Lost, Follow Me Blind, The Circle, Silver Sail, The Herd. Right. So all the records that he did post, like sort of like post 1986. And I and I, and like the, I I had songs from Land of the Lost on the playlist, but Follow Me Blind, The Circle, Silver Sail, The Herd. I had no songs from there. It was like a complete fucking blind spot. I had to go back and and edit the playlist to include songs from there. The the progression that he made in this period that is sort of a lo- somewhat lost period for him with like the less 
uh, hardcore fans. It's like he was doing like Ennio Marconi, like kind of yeah, it was much more you know yeah. like soundscapey and uh, you know very like um, kind of I don't know how to explain it. It has a sort of deserty landscape ish sounds to it, and it's it's just really cool. And I how I didn't know more about that. I mean, you could hear him going in that direction on the solo record. Um, the, which I, right. I think I de- definitely added songs from both those solo records. You could hear him going in that direction on the solo records, but it's 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 crazy how like he started to go in that direction. And even in and, and even on some of those records, which like I just mentioned, some of those mellower sounds. Then there were some heavier sounds that sort of like you could sort of. Hear like the Melvins and Mud Honey's blueprints in the in these right. songs, and and it's kind of like it's it's amazing, and it's like the, you're right. The fact it's amazing that this band doesn't get more credit, you know, for really being the, you know, the like the Don Quixote, like just like yelling at the at the fucking windmill, like, you know, like really just like being just standing alone and making this stuff and and but influencing so many bands. And and then and then we can go and there's enough records and enough songs that you can go back and and listen to it and sort of like have this discovery like I did uh, just yesterday and 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 constant and constantly be surprised and entertained and inf- and and it's 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 great and i know i'm going off here i'm going off here because i really lo- i really love the wipers but i but yeah it's there was so, there was he was he's so great and he made such a difference and maybe one day it'll be recognized interesting point because like you know you talk about fresh discoveries and i kind of smelled a little fresh discovery on you when we started this podcast so that's 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 not too big of a surprise but but like yesterday i listened to is this real and then for whatever reason jumped to uh silver sail and there is a big difference in the general like genre that they're he's trying to do that he's trying to play with each of these things but where one is a lot more aggressive and a lot definitely more punkier, and the other one's a little bit more, you know, spacier and a little mm-hmm. bit he's playing things out. But to my other point, it's like the guitar work uh, on both things. It's like his style has that kind of 
like potency to it um, that comes in different flavors, but it's like this potency of how he puts his riffs or his his guitar ideas out there. Even in the choice of chords, it's like these. It, it seems very simple and very kind of well, kind of I don't know, you know, not ethereal, but it's just very well constructed. But it's not mm -hmm. like both senses of it. It has this kind of. Kind of even even if it's a, it's it soars in either a burst or a kind of it's loud it's loud to breathe a little bit and it comes like he's like the kind of like a Baskin Robbins in some way of these different kind of flavors sonically that he's kind of putting out there and you know the thing that from a listener that really I really gravitate toward it's like it's both they're both equally interesting it's like but they're wildly different and they're a guy who probably I mean. We know musicians who are like this. They don't like to do the same thing all the time. It's like this is like okay, I did this. Like even on this is real. It's like once they once they kicked out that once they were done with that, then it was like okay, it's time to go to the next. It's time to go to the next thing. And it's like you don't you know, even though it, um, why am I blanking on the name? But even if um, Youth of America has more in line with it about is this real, it's still following that line towards Silver Sail and, you know, land of the law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could hear the progression. And le and let's just talk about Is This Real? That is, like, such a great and perfect record. I mean, listening to that thing from the beginning to end is just, it's such a great record. I, I would say it's his best. But even though some of, like, the later material is really interesting and cool, too, something about that record, every single song is great. Um, and, you know... I'm, it's like they always say it, it, uh, you have a lifetime to make your first record but you only got a year to make your second and it's like it shows there although uh, it shows on that record right. but it not but not that he was inhibited on the next you know six seven eight nine records he, he it's like or or confused or 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 had writer's block he continued to to create and make interesting music but that record is just the culmination of a lot, probably a lot. So did you and, ever and hear, did you ever hear the original four track, uh, the four track of that? EPs, the EPs? Well, the, he did, so they, he, they first recorded that, Is This Real, on a four track. And then, uh -huh. then, the, then the label, I think they were originally going to put it on his label, Trap, his I think it was called Trap. Trap Records, yeah, right. Trap. Yeah. But Park Avenue Records wanted to release it, but they're like, but they insisted that they go into the studio re-record it. Yeah. So but I've never heard the four track of that album. No. Okay. Never. Yeah, but I have you? No, but it, to, to my mind, it's like, I'm like, fuck, man, you listen. To, is this real? That's fairly raw and blistering. Yeah. Which is yeah. that? Which is. You know the best four track demos that we hear of things. It's like it's just they're they're less they're unhinged, and it's a good it's a good thing, especially on this type of music. So I was just wondering if you heard it. I think that there's, uh, I think they released a couple years ago like a re release of the, Is This Real, and then had the the four track demos that either on seven inch or something else that they put. I don't know. I forget. I, but they re released it. I would I would I would want to check that out. That's kind of like. A television's marquee moon i guess they re they reissued a version that was the demos that were produced by brian eno oh yeah they did that recently too so it's although that's a different thing right because it's brian eno and he's you know whatever but it, it's kind of like 
it, it's always cool if you can access a great record and it's sort of like demo stage or if it was produced by somebody different it's always cool to hear that different version and see like where the ideas went one way or the other way and yeah and it but i i never heard it the four track demo i would love to hear it um and you never saw them live you never saw them live no i never saw the wipers live i only the wipers were a band that i guess in the 80s you know what you know what i realized like in the 80s i really liked dinosaur jr right right um or dino or dinosaur as yeah when i first got to when i first got turned on to him but you know what i realize now is that the wipers are what i wanted dinosaur jr to be oh yeah yeah because I, I, I was into Dinosaur Jr. I went to a lot of their shows. I owned their, you know, I bought yeah. the first four uh, right. Dinosaur Jr. records. And I like, and I, of course I like those records. Uh, although their live shows were kind of weird. Uh, not There was one show I went to at extremely Maxwell's. Loud, I, extremely loud. Extremely loud. But I went to one show where Jay was having an issue with his amp. And then he got fucking pissed off. And they left after two songs. They like they just walked off the stage, and I was there with my cousin from Spain, and he was like, "What the fuck's going on?" I'm like, "I don't know." And it's like, so like they yeah. walked off, and it was just it was uh, it was shitty. But 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 Dinosaur Junior, like Dinosaur Junior, I always wanted them. There was I needed something more propulsive and 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 uh, with more you know like uh, urgency, right? Yeah. <laughs> And I got that when I started to listen to the Wipers more deeply in the 90s, right? Because in the 80s, the Wipers were obviously around. And I and I would hear a song or two, and I liked it. They were mostly on comps or just whatever, mixtapes. But it was still too... My, my appreciation and my knowledge of music was not there yet to be able to accept them, right? right. Um, and I also thought of them as old, already even then <laughs> and which is fucked up but whatever it was more in the 90s and the 2000s where i really it started to make more yeah. sense that how good this band it really is kind of like dead moon was another one where i needed that time into the 90s and 2000s to really appreciate well that's their all, you sound. know that's funny because that's the i have no doubts like bands like dead moon because that's a great example of another uh northwest band that's that, right that um Base well the difference between the two. I think the Dead Moon toured a lot, whereas this yeah, is, they did. Yeah, the wiper did, yeah. wipers didn't do as much. No. Um, uh, you know, we, we should do a show on them because Fred Cole. Yeah, we should do a show on Dead Moon. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Because I love Dead Moon, and that was something. Yeah, you're too. right. That was something that I, I didn't get into them as well as the wipers. Uh, until like the mid 90s i think and it was mostly because i had i think i was playing in bands and people were you know you trade you know trade information or your uh you, you trade tapes and stuff you're listening to and you talk about stuff with other bands you're either opening or touring with and that was a band that i got to know really well um but it's you know and i think at the time especially with that and dead moon it's like i i really got into dead moon and i just didn't ever i never explored the wipers because it's just like in my in my mind it was always oh this is a great band i'll listen to more of their stuff but i'll really get into them next time they come into town and they never i don't think in they never really did and then and then I, and then they 
by like 96, 97, they were broken up more or less. And Greg had moved to Arizona and that was it. You know, I think in, in, and, but you know, that's fine. And then, and then in the two, like into the aughts, uh, the 2010, then these, then that label in, um, record store in in portland started reissuing everything jackpot right uh and so and that and that's cool you know it, it, it's an acquired taste it's like you you didn't come out of the womb eating you know uh eating uh oh, snails no. you know and snails like you know you, yeah okay. whatever you, you you know and you, we didn't snails get into better music than oatmeal. <laughs> snails better, are better than oatmeal better uh, example, you, you didn't you didn't you didn't become a music listener and listening to fucking uh you know silver apples immediately you you, like you it took time it took us all time to to grow into bands like the wipers dead moon well or velvet even velvet underground like i mentioned before it's just like it takes time and understanding and having this sort of like context of what thing what's important what's not important what's what's some like cheap shit you know it's and, and 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 then you had the tumultuous time of the 90s right where Nirvana broke, you know, uh, Nevermind was huge. And then there was a sort of post Nirvana grunge feeding frenzy. And, 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 and then, and then we were able to recognize the wipers more because uh, honestly, I think Nirvana covers them a couple, two or three times and you can hear the wipers sound in, in, uh, in nirvana right you could hear it well they cover and yeah so, they covered yeah they, they cover a bunch of their songs so it's like i don't know it's interesting how like the decades and in the history just it's not like it's not like like rock and roll or pop music from the 50s and 60s where shit was immediate and there was well, there wasn't much of an underground right to speak of but then as we moved into the 70s and 80s where the underground was starting to happen that it gave us that uh, that that additional world to explore, you know, and that's well, what's that's what's great about you were able to find a band like the Wipers in that world. Well, I would also say that, you know, there's a part of me that feels like he wanted it on the low key too. There's nothing about any of his actions, and in some degree, his music that wanted some mass. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. He, he actually almost wanted an anti. You know, like he wanted to be able to do his music, but he wanted to do it like on a severe level on his own terms. And I think that at, at some point you have to kind of throw some sand on the ground and dance for the record company and do some things that you probably don't want to do and put yourself out there a little bit more than you don't want to do. But you do it because it's it helps the label sell records and it helps you get a bigger profile and it helps you get more people in the seats, you get, you get more airplay, whatever. There's a reason for it, whether we can agree or disagree about what those levels should be. But that's part of the formula for sustenance in music is like, yes, you can sit and write music and write your own music and do everything. But if you want something that sustains that and don't want to work at Costco, like you have to, I think that whatever, all the articles I've read about him, he just he just didn't want to get put himself out there any more than he really had to. And I think that that's like every job, everything has a bit of a compromise to it, right? 
And I, 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 I think, I think though he did have an eye on maybe getting a little bigger by putting out those records post '86. But that's his on, rec- en- on, yeah. en- on Enigma, on Enigma. Yeah, remember because he, yeah. But like to to my degree, like going on tour with Nirvana, like that would have kind of right. that could have helped, and he could have played his own music. But just the yeah. the idea of. I don't know. He he just didn't want anything to have a whiff of opportunity, you know, being opportunistic or something. But like, look, that's one of the things. Like, if you if a band who's bigger than you wants to bring you on on the road with them, even though they've been around half the time you have, you take it because you're exposing. Like, that's a per- the Nirvana audience would have probably more people than not would have enjoyed their music. I think because it's like he's got you know a, his guitar playing his their music their songs are are varied and got enough propulsion behind it like you said it's to mm-hmm. make it interesting. Yeah, I mean, the you know who's another artist that kind of had a similar trajectory and, and attitude was the Bevis Front. Oh right, is another one that, and it's cool because of, because I think what a lot of these bands. Maybe not Dead Moon as much, but the Bevis Front and the Wipers had. There was this sort of like line of psychedel- psychedelia through all of them. Now, it's not obvious. It may, may, may be more obvious on some songs than others, but this sort of like psychedelicness in their mu- music. And that, and especially in the 80s, that was not cool because that's like, oh, that's some 60s shit. You know, we don't. We, but, but they, they, but the Wipers and Bevis Front continued to do that in the 80s. And there were other bands in the 80s that, that did it too. Mostly more English bands like Sundial uh, from England and Loop from England. Right. They were also doing that sort of thing. And it kind of like, it kind of um, like ushered in the sort of like, uh, what do you call it? Like shoegaze yeah, but- mo- movement in a lot of ways. So. But yeah. I, I always thought like Bevis Brown is like had a, maybe a little heavier dose than that. Like wh- wipers, more, more heavier, wh- heavier than the wipers. For yeah, sure. the wiper, yeah, wipers yeah. had at I would say at most a whiff of psychedelic. Like I can't, like I can kind of. It's like it's one of those things where you taste the sauce. You go, you know, is is that garlic salt or is that regular? You know, it's like it's like it's really. <laughs> or is that paprika? What is, is it? it? Yeah, what is that? Did you put a bay leaf or two bay leaves in here? <laughs> But I, I, I hear it. I hear it, uh, I, I, especially since I was doing the playlist and, and, go, and going through like, you know, 10, 30, you know, 20, 30 oh, songs. Know. You could hear it. I could hear it. It's All right. There. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, you, you, I, I, what I will say is I, I will try. Or maybe to I want to hear it. Maybe that's what I wanted to hear. Well, you were listening to those uh, XTC, uh, what's it called? Yeah, uh, yeah, the Dukes of Stratosphere. Duke of Stratosphere, and you're just like, yeah. you had a Duke of Stratosphere hangover. Yeah, maybe, your, yeah. Your wipers. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'll listen to it again, because that's an interesting I, that's an interesting thought and reason. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that, you know, it's funny, because bands like wipe, the, you know, Wipers is what I would say, a band that was never popular, but a band that won't be soon forgotten and their music will carry, have a lot, a longer shelf life than most. Than most, yeah. Than most bands. Um, yeah. So, because it's just, it's such a, again, it's like even the stuff that, like you were saying, the stuff that's post, um, you know, post over the edge. It's like, it's really very interesting stuff and it's still got that same it still sounds like the wipers it's you know they're definitely exploring new grounds but 
I, you know, I like that. I like, you know, I, I listened to pretty much five of the albums, um, and mm -hmm. I probably tried to listen to the rest of them because it, because mm -hmm. even on the playlist you have it very well represented. It's it's a really he put together some really nice records. Like really yeah, I mean, yeah, it's really. I mean, there is some repetition in some of those opening chords, like of like his guitar style. I, I get it, but yeah, but if you take That's it as enough, a yeah. whole, it is it is really just a great body of of work and songs and and what he and you know his whole kind of like his whole existence and world that he created is is uh, I don't know. It's just it's just really really interesting and cool, you know. Yeah, just two words that suck. Interesting and cool. Yeah, it is. It does suck, and you know, but you've earned a pass because everything you said before that was pretty right on. So, <laughs> but I, you know, again, like the guy is someone who's worth, you know, I, you know. I think we try to trump, you know, blow this horn a lot on this on Auto Reverse, but this is like a band that really deserves as much attention as you can give it because this guy, Greg Sage, is just. If you like if you like interesting guitar playing, aggressive guitar playing, unique guitar playing, he's your man. If you like these cool range of songs and something goes from the tight and angry to the, the ethereal and poetic, he's got that covered. It's there's so many things that you can kind of sink your teeth into. So, yeah, I mean, and I like and I'd like to say one thing before we go we before we terminate this okay. Uh, okay. this episode. The, the the thing that I love about the Wipers and bands like the Wipers is they're the classic in-betweener band. And what I mean by that is that they were a bridge to different scenes and different generations. And that that's like those, those missing link bands like, yeah. the, like the Wipers and others is that's where the rub is when you talk about music, you know, like like those bands that kind of bridge something from the past, like the garage, you know, like in the wipers case, like the sort of garage, the like the Sonics realm of the Pacific right. Northwest and then bridged it into punk. That's, that's where it's at. That's the rub. That's the important shit. And when you, I think in my, in my book and how I look at things, when you figure those in between our bands out, it makes music so much more, so much easier, and at the same time, magical to figure out. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I don't know about easier, but magical for sure. Like that. magic, not okay. It's it is. I, when easy. I say easy, it's not. It's not Tony, nothing there's nothing easy in life. There's nothing. There is easy. nothing easy in life, but it does help me. It informs me more. So right. in some ways, it is easier. I have a better understanding. Yeah, it's it's yeah. more insightful. It gives you more of right, an understanding. right. There you go. That's a better word. More yeah. insightful instead of easier. Right? Yeah, right. I'll leave you. You're the be you're better with words. I'm better with. Uh, I am today for yelling. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of words, send some words our way because we always like hearing from listeners about either this show or a band you want us to cover. Uh, Auto reverse pod at gmail .com. Uh, we try to check it at least once a week. <laughs> Maybe yep. I'll try to do it. Maybe more. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm putting alerts on my calendar, just as pathetic as that sounds. Um, but let us know or hit us up on Instagram or Facebook uh, and let us know what you think. And until next time. All right, peace.